welcome back to Womance's public access read-along of Pride and Prejudice by the incomparable Jane Austen. I am your even chapter reader, Isabeau. I'm your odd chapter reader, Morgan. Amazing. (laughs) We are reading chapter eight today. So Morgan, what happened in chapter seven? Or what didn't happen? (laughs) Uh, No one was eaten by a bear. Cool. That's good news. Any kind, no kind of uh, human consumption. Um, so, but what did happen is I got a little bit of insight, more specific insight into the Bennett family's financial situation and the where and why of it, which is I, not very comparable at all to Mr. Bingley, let alone Mr. Darcy. 2000 a year compared to what, 20000 a year? 10 and 5. Right, 10 and 5, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we also learned that Kitty and Lydia, the two youngest daughters, love to go visit their mother's sister and her husband in Maryton, which is the slightly larger small town that adjoins their small town. And one of the reasons they're super excited to go is because there is now a military regiment posted there for the time being. We also discover that Mrs. Bennett has her own kind of smarts. And she sends her daughter out to visit um, the Bingley sisters when they invite her because their brother and Mr. Darcy are going to go have dinner with the military men. Uh, so Mrs. Bennett sends her daughter in a rainstorm on horseback to visit the Bingley sisters. Jane gets very sick, so she has to post up. Uh, and then Lizzie goes over to visit her. And then the family is like, oh, no, you should just stay with us. And. Lizzie's struck by how, like, nice the Bingleys are. Um, And Mr. Darcy is struck by how lovely Lizzie is after she's been for a nice long walk. And that's what happened in Chapter 7. Thank you. That was a perfect recitation. It's crazy. I feel like all of that stuff is important. (laughs) It is. That's all relevant information for where we're going. I hope. All right. (laughs) Chapter 8 At five o'clock, the two ladies retired to dress, and at half-past six, Elizabeth was summoned to dinner. To the civil inquiries which then poured in, and amongst which she had the pleasure of distinguishing the much superior solicitude of Mr. Bingley's, she could not make a very favorable answer. Jane was by no means better. The sisters, on hearing this repeated three or four times, how much they were grieved, how shocking it was to have a bad cold, and how excessively they disliked being ill themselves, and then thought no more of the matter, and their indifference towards Jane, when not immediately before them, restored Elizabeth to the enjoyment of all of her original dislike. (laughs) Their brother, indeed, was the only one of the party whom she could regard with any complacency. His anxiety for Jane was evident, and his attentions to herself most pleasing, and they prevented her feeling herself so much an intruder as she believed she was considered by the others. She had very little notice from any but him miss bingley was engrossed by mr darcy her sister scarcely less so and as for mr hurst by whom elizabeth sat he was an indolent man who lived only to eat drink and play at cards who when he found her prefer a plain dish to a ragu had nothing to say to her When dinner was over, she returned directly to Jane, and Miss Bingley began abusing her as soon as she was out of the room. 
Her manners were pronounced to be very bad indeed, a mixture of pride and impertinence. She had no conversation, no style, no taste, no beauty. Mrs. Hurst thought the same and added, She has nothing, in short, to recommend her but being an excellent walker. I shall never forget her appearance this morning. She really looked almost wild. She did indeed, Louisa. I could hardly keep my countenance. Very nonsensical to come at all. Why must she be scampering about the country because her sister had a cold? Her hair so untidy, so blousy. Yes, her petticoat. I hope you saw her petticoat six inches deep in mud. I'm absolutely certain. And the gown which had been let down to hide it, not doing its office. Your picture may be very, may be very exact, Louisa, said Bingley. But this was all lost upon me. I thought Miss Elizabeth Bennet looked remarkably well when she came into the room this morning. Her dirty petticoat escaped my notice. God, he's so diplomatic. What a perfect response to people being mean. Now, I personally rarely want to take the high road when people are talking shit. But if I ever did, this is the template. Mm, so true. He is quite diplomatic. You observed it, Mr. Darcy, I am sure, said Miss Bingley, and I'm inclined to think that you would not wish to see your sister make such an exhibition. He's like, I did notice it, and I wanted to suck the mud out of her (laughs) underwear. But now that you mentioned my sister, you've made it weird. Now it's weird. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Looks like Mrs. Bennett isn't the only clever one. Hmm? (laughs) It's true. You observed it, Mr. Darcy, I'm sure, said Miss Bingley, and I'm inclined to think that you would not wish to see your sister make such an exhibition. Certainly not. To walk three miles, or four miles, or five miles, or whatever it is, above her ankles in dirt, and alone, quite alone. What could she mean by it? It seems to me to show an abominable sort of conceited independence, a most country town indifference to decorum. It shows an affection for her sister that is very pleasing, said Bingley. (laughs) I'm afraid, Mr. Darcy, observed Miss Bingley in a half whisper, that this adventure has rather affected your admiration of her fine eyes. Not at all, he replied. They were brightened by the exercise. A short pause followed this speech, and Mrs. Hurst began again. I have an excessive regard for Jane Bennet. She is really a very sweet girl, and I wish with all my heart she were well settled. But with such a father and mother and such low connections, I'm afraid there's no chance of it. I think I have heard you say that there is an uncle, that their uncle is an attorney in Meryton. Yes, and they have another who lives somewhere near Cheapside. That is capital, added her sister, and they both laughed heartily. If they had uncle and uncles enough to fill all of Cheapside, cried Bingley, it would not make them one jot less agreeable. Now he's getting pissed. Yeah, he didn't like that. He knows it's gone too far. But it must very materially lessen their chance of marrying men of any consideration in the world, replied Darcy. Boo. 
To this speech, Bingley made no answer, but his sisters gave it their hearty assent and indulged their mirth for some time at the expense of their dear friend's vulgar relations. With a renewal of tenderness, however, they repaired to her room on leaving the dining parlor and sat with her till summoned to coffee. She was still very poorly, and Elizabeth would not quit her at all till late in the evening when she had the comfort of seeing her asleep and when it appeared... To her, rather right than pleasant, that she should go downstairs herself. On entering the drawing room, she found the whole party at Lou and was immediately invited to join them. But suspecting them to be playing high, she declined it, and making her sister the excuse, she would amuse herself for the short time she could stay below with a book. Mr. Hurst looked at her with astonishment. Do you prefer reading to cards, said he? That is rather singular. Miss Eliza Bennet, said Miss Bingley, despises cards. She is a great reader and has no pleasure in anything else. I deserve neither such praise nor such censure, cried Elizabeth. I am not a great reader and I have pleasure in many things. In nursing your sister, I am sure you have pleasure, said Bingley, and I hope it will soon be increased by seeing her quite well. Elizabeth thanked him from her heart and then walked towards the table where a few books were lying. He immediately offered to fetch her others, all that his library afforded. And I wish my collection were larger for your benefit and my own credit, but I am an idle fellow, and though I have not many, I have more than I ever look into. Elizabeth assured him that she could suit herself perfectly with those in the room. I am astonished, said Miss Bingley, that my father should have left so small a collection of books. What a delightful library you have at Pemberley, Mr. Darcy. It ought to be good, he replied. It has been the work of many generations. Okay, flex. And then you have added so much to it yourself. You are always buying books. I cannot comprehend the neglect of a family library in such days as these. Neglect? I am sure you neglect nothing that can add to the beauties of that noble place. Charles, when you build your house, I wish it may be half as delightful as Pemberley. I wish it may. But I would really advise you to make your purchase in that neighborhood and take Pemberley for a kind of model. There is not a finer county in England than Derbyshire. With all my heart, I will buy Pemberley itself if Darcy will sell it. I'm talking of possibilities, Charles. Upon my word, Caroline, I should think it more possible to get Pemberley by purchase than by imitation. Elizabeth was much caught by what passed as to leave her very little attention for her book, and soon laying it wholly aside, she drew near the card table and stationed herself between Mr. Bingley and his eldest sister to observe the game. Is Miss Darcy much grown since the spring, said Miss Bingley? Will she be as tall as I am? I think she will. She's now about Miss Elizabeth Bennet's height, or rather taller. He doesn't mind comparing her to his sister. (laughs) It's true. He jumped immediately to that. (laughs) How I long to see her again. I never met with anybody who delighted me so much. Such a countenance, such manners, and so extremely accomplished for her age. Her performance on the pianoforte is exquisite. It is amazing to me, said Bingley, how young ladies can have patience to be so very accomplished as they all are. All young ladies accomplished. My dear Charles, what do you mean? 
Yes, all of them, I think. They're all paint tables, cover screens, and net purses. I scarcely know anyone who cannot who cannot do all this, and I am sure I never heard of a young lady spoken of for the first time without being informed that she was very accomplished. Your list of the common extent of accomplishments, said Darcy, has too much truth. The world is the word is applied to many a woman who deserves it no otherwise than by netting a purse or covering a screen. But I'm very far from agreeing with you in your estimation of ladies in general. I cannot boast of knowing more than a half dozen in the whole range of my acquaintance that are really accomplished. Nor I, I am sure, said Miss Bingley. Then observed Elizabeth. You must comprehend a great deal in your idea of an accomplished woman. Yes, I do comprehend a great deal in it. Oh, certainly, cried his faithful assistant. No one can be really esteemed accomplished (laughs) who does not greatly surpass what is usually met with. A woman that must have a thorough knowledge of music, singing, drawing, dancing, the modern languages to deserve the word. And besides all this, she must possess a certain something in her air and manner of walking. The tone of her voice, her address and expressions, or the word would be, will be but half deserved. All this she must possess, added Darcy, and to all this she must yet add something more substantial in the improvement of her mind by extensive reading. I am no longer surprised at your knowing only six accomplished women. I rather wonder now at your knowing any. Are you so severe upon your own sex as to doubt the possibility of all this? (laughs) I never saw such a woman. I never saw such capacity and taste and application and elegance as you describe united. Mrs. Hurst and Miss Bingley both cried out against the injustice of her implied doubt, and were both protesting that they knew many women who answered this description when Mr. Hurst called them to order with bitter complaints of their inattention to what was going forward. As all conversation was thereby at an end, Elizabeth soon afterwards left the room. Eliza Bennet, said Miss Bingley, when the door was closed on her, is one of those young ladies who seek to recommend themselves to the other sex by undervaluing their own, and with many men, I dare say, it succeeds. But in my opinion, it is a paltry device, a very mean art. Undoubtedly, replied Darcy, to whom this remark was chiefly addressed, there is meanness in all the arts which ladies sometimes condescend to employ for captivation. Whatever bears affinity to cunning is despicable. Miss Bingley was not so entirely satisfied with this reply as to continue the subject. Elizabeth joined them again only to say her sister was worse and that she could not leave her. Bingley urged Mr. Jones being sent for immediately, while his sisters convinced that convinced that no country advice could be of any service, recommended an express to town for one of the most eminent physicians that she would not hear of, but she was not so unwilling to comply with their brother's proposal, and it was settled that Mr. Jones should be sent for in the early morning. If Miss Bennet were not decidedly better, Bingley was quite uncomfortable. His sisters declared that they were miserable. They solaced their wretchedness, however, by duets after supper, while he could find no better relief to his feelings than by giving his housekeeper directions that every possible attention be paid to the sick lady and her sister. Well, first thing that strikes me in this chapter is how much Bingley 
and Darcy are kind of like two sides of the same guileless coin. It's just that Bingley has this overwhelming sense of positivism. And Darcy is a bit more negativism. <laughs> and it's not that he's saying anything particularly negative, but it is like his presentation. Like that line about it does harm their marriage prospects. It's like, that's not untrue, but like, that's not nice to say either. Not the way he said it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he is like showing like kind of a great deal of empathy and thinking about what it would be like to be a woman. He's just kind of it's kind of miserable he's kind of a charlie brown he is a bit of a charlie brown and bingley is decidedly not i also love that like bingley is so willing to admit his own faults like he's not a great reader he's like i can't sew a screen i can't net a purse and you know yeah darcy's like that's not accomplishment, Bingley. And it's like, you fucking sew a screen, Darcy. Show me what you can do with your handicrafts. Oh, you can't? Okay. I mean, you could probably, like, do more math or something. How do they occupy their time? Like, I, Men? Yeah, I think, I know he, like, I know boxing, horseback riding, visiting your accountant. Yeah, he's not a man of business, but, like, he has Pemberley to run. They're always visiting their accountants. In romance novels. And their lawyers. Yeah, and they're like the overseer of their land. I guess he's buying books in his free time. I, I also think like a lot of what he says is like misconstrued. So, for example, you observed it, Mr. Darcy, I am sure, said Miss Bingley. And I am inclined to think that you would not wish to see your sister make such an exhibition. And he replies, certainly not. Was he replying certainly not to the first idea or to the second idea? The second idea. He noticed the mud, I think, is the implication of that. I think it could be understood that he did not observe it. He says, certainly not. I did not observe it. I think it's, I think there's like room to be, I think maybe they're setting up Darcy as a bit of a projector screen. It seems that he is definitely answering the question, which is you wouldn't want your sister to do that. And then there's also the uh, point at which... He says, it ought to be good, he replied. It has been the work of many generations. And that could be understood as a brag, but it could also be understood as a shrug. That's true. Absolutely. This book like has this like tripping dialogue with like mm -hmm. a lot of clarity and a lot of, you know, you know where you're supposed to go. And so something like having a response to a statement of two ideas stands out, I think, in the book. And I think like a lot of like you having that reaction to... Darcy saying that his book is the work of his library is the work of many generations as being like a brag. And I didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. Like this book has been very direct and specific. And so I think it's interesting that there can be slippage in understanding Darcy's thoughts, articulations, I should say. Articulations. Because yeah, his thoughts are really clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we don't get very many of them. No. I will say my favorite line in this chapter is that Elizabeth gets to go to her original amusement of disliking the Bingley sisters. So relatable. Oh, so good. It's like she kind of had a change of heart and she's like, I guess I have to reevaluate. And she's like, nope. <laughs> First impulse was correct. Yeah. Also, once again, I'm, I find myself relating to what is positioned as the ridiculous villain character in the Jane Austen novel. 
Um, because Miss Bingley. Yeah, if you like, no, uh, <laughs> Mister. Oh, Mister Hurst. Mister Hurst. Because I can't believe that he, she would prefer simple foods to a ragu. That's what's wrong with the English in general. Oh, God, that's so true. Like, what the fuck? Mr. Hurst was right in his estimation of that. You should like like a ragu better. And then the other thing, that word spelled, clearly spelled Derbyshire. Mm -hmm. Derbyshire. But pronounced Derbyshire. Derbyshire, I think. Derbyshire. Yeah. Derbyshire. And I thought of every person with an English accent who could not pronounce the word Olathe. Mm -hmm. And there are pronunciations everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then dismissing it. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can figure out Derbyshire, mm-hmm. you can figure out Olathe. If you can figure out Colonel, you can figure out Olathe. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's like Colonel has a literal R sound in it, and there's not a goddamn R in the whole word. Do you know what's super dumb about the word Colonel? What? There's another word, Colonel, spelled K-E-R-N-E-L, in the exact same language. English is terrible. And the fact that the English love to, like, shit on Americans about it, so weird. Shit on us about what? Our pronunciations of English words. Like vitamin, schedule. Aluminum. They just, they they make it so, like, silly sound. Aluminium is objectively sillier than aluminum. I agree. Vitamin. What's the rush? Vitamin. What's the rush? (laughs) Why are you trying to get through this sentence about nutrients so quickly? Vitamin. Because they have to get up Darbyshire. to Darbyshire. It's on their schedule. They got to get there on the A5 because there might be traffic in their country that is smaller than most of the states in our own. Hey, take it from me, an American. Take it easy. Huh? <laughs> the land of taking it easy. The land of manana. Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> With that. (laughs) Loosen your prejudices. Keep those prides tight as hell. Never let them go. I was like, maybe keep your prides in this chapter. (laughs) Maybe keep them.